Check one microphone, check it is Danger Dan in the talk shop, still here in Tin Top, Texas. Got a bitchin' show for you today. I recorded this one with Alejandro. It was actually the night before I jumped on a plane and flew to Bogota, Colombia. Alejandro runs a company called Overland Embassy, as you will hear about. That is a great logistical company for anybody traveling along the Pan American Highway. Uh, one of their specialties is transporting bikes, cars, ATVs, fucking giant overland vehicles across the Darien Gap, going north or going south. So, if this is something that might be of help to you in the future, look up Overland Embassy if you just want to see some of the crazy vehicles that are making this trip. Uh, Overland Embassy on the Gram is a great place to check out some of these badass Overland rigs. And, uh, dude, as you will hear in this podcast, we go over some things that got the fucking ticker thinking. And, uh, and I hope, I hope to use Alejandro again in the future. So let's get into it. Dude, so things are pumping up here in the States. I'm stoked to be back. The heat is fucking thick. I uh, got to ride, um, fucking rode the dirt bike last week through a goddamn heat wave, and it was so sick. The place we rode had like, I mean, the dirt was good, dude. Fucking, it was sick. It was beautiful. I think I might have even told you last week. I'm trying to go ride again today, so hopefully that will happen at some point. Uh, dude. August is getting thick with things to do, man. Uh, Sturgis, August 4th or 5th through the 13th, I guess, dude. <clears throat> All right, so Sunday, August 6th, Prism Supply Pool Party in Deadwood. Yeah, check them out for that party. August 7th is the Choppers Magazine Chopper Show in Deadwood at the Harley-Davidson Footprint. Dude, we got awards. We're going to be fucking throwing down, man. Uh, there's also a party at Sasha's Cycle Supply that night. God, I hope that's right. Uh, there's also on Saturday... Oh, shit. Am I doing this right? Yeah, Saturday night, I think Snoop Dogg's playing. And it will be the opening party for Michael Lichter's Motorcycles Azart Emerging Virgin show this year dude buffalo chip it's free to get in uh monday flat out friday at jack pine gypsy will be featuring the danger dance spectator tt as well on tuesday and also on tuesday is the lead sled customs sportster showdown dude you do not want to fucking miss that he throws a fucking party every year so recap august 7th choppers magazine chopper show with your fucking, yours truly, Danger Dan, on the mic, on the MC. Dude, fucking yelling at people, dude. Yelling at people. Uh, dude, we may we may have to do another Kickstart competition. I don't know. I don't, you guys want to do a Kickstart competition? I think we should do a fucking Kickstart competition. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. Bring your fucking Kickstart chopper, dude. It's going to be fun. Uh, let's let customs on the 9th. That is at Camp Zero, too, by the way. 
Uh, dude, and there's other shit going on all week long. So I think Ricky Bongos is having a belly flop contest at some point, somewhere. <laughs> ah! Um, and then August 26th and 27th is the Virginia City Roundup. That's right, in Virginia City, Nevada. Dude. And I got some shit to give away for that show, dude. Go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Sign up to be a patron. Um, oh, dude. Rise Morton. Okay. The Nomad Run is happening that same weekend, August 27th. It's a, it's a challenge-based team run into the heart of European chopper territory, ending at the infamous Charlie Rockets Hostel in Brudges. God, I cannot wait to go to Charlie Rockets in the future. Uh, if you're in the UK, go check out the Nomad Run. It's August 27th. And uh, speaking of people outside the pond, I got a fucking message from a guy named Chris Roberts who has a band called Full Tone Generator. And they will be playing two shows in Texas. Uh, the first show is Houston on the 22nd at the Trip 6 and the second at Ripple Fest in Austin, Texas. Dude, Ripple Fest looks sick, dude. Eagles of Death Metal, The Sword, our favorite band from DFW, Mothership. Uh, dude, J.D. Pincus is going to be there, Destroyer of Light. Anyways, it looks sick. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, uh, Chris, but I think Knives Made by Nick wants to roll out. So, dude, you should put his name on the list. He'll be showing up. He can slash anybody you need. He's got this satchel he keeps on his hip. Whatever you guys need, it's normally in there. So, full tone generator. Dude, thanks for reaching out. I can't wait to come see you down under. And, uh, dude, then, then you got a show in September. I fucking would really like to make it too. It is the, what's it called? Party at the Pen, put on by Luke from Chop Merchandise, dude. Um, that is going to be September 10th at a fucking penitentiary. So, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be there for that. Party at the Pen, dude. They're going to be having fucking... Dude, they're going to have a party in the pen with fucking people giving out tattoos. The bike set up on death row. It's going to be sick. And speaking of tattoos... I am going to, you know what, dude, I got, I got tickets for the Virginia City Roundup that are going to come with, you're going to get a banger tattoo from Tony Medellin, dude. Uh, that's pretty fucking sick. Got to go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com, sign up to become a patron, five bucks a month. Dude, we're going to give away something big at the end of the year, too, and I got, I got some, I got some leads, and I got to solidify before I tell you about it, but... I got some other shit to give away, too, like these tickets to Virginia City Roundup with a tattoo by Tony. And uh, actually, I'm going to give the first set away next podcast that I've got with a guy named Sean Geronia, this crazy motherfucker who's been pedaling around Columbia on his fucking bicycle. Um, I've also got a $100 gift card to LowbrowCustoms.com, and I give away one of those every single month. Lowbrowcustoms.com. Trust me, they got something you need. And uh, if you want a $100 gift card, go sign up, dude. Five bucks a month keeps gas in the tank, keeps this show on the road. And uh, it's a beautiful fucking thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. 
Uh, but dude, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. I got a, I got a bunch of other shit, like just crazy personal shit going on right now that I'm not even going to get into. And it es- it seems like it escalates every day I'm home. Uh, I, th- I might even, no, I can't go there. But um, what a crazy time, dude. Alejandro, thanks for all the help getting my bike from A to B. Um, when I finally got to Columbia, you know, Dude, you had a guy there that fucking helped me go through everything. He was a little touchy, a little jumpy. I tried to grab my shit a bunch. But that's just what people do down there. Uh, when I say down there, I mean like, seems like from Mexico South, when somebody helps you out, dude, they want they want you to not lift a fucking finger. And that's how this guy was. Uh, and the people at the Columbia Customs, dude, they were not, uh, I wouldn't say they weren't easy to work with, but, dude, they just had so... Dude, at one point, I was behind the counter typing all my information into this lady's computer because I don't even know why. It wasn't like she couldn't do it. I don't know. It was just an interesting situation, dude. Uh, but I just smiled and just took charge and was like, all right, I'll do all... I'll do the, I'll do the paperwork. You just sit back and help me translate these things. What a wild fucking situation, dude. Uh, Alejandro, thank you for making that happen. Uh... It was a beautiful thing, and I've seen that you've helped so many fucking people since I was there last, and I'm pretty stoked that we went with the flying option because, dude, it got me there quick, and I was able to get on the ground in Columbia and start moving around and checking out the sites, and fuck, it was awesome. So, uh, here is Alejandro from Overland Embassy. Alejandro. What's up, man? Dude, get, get comfortable here. You can put your feet up here. Nice. <laughs> Might as well take advantage of this, this hotel room. Uh, dude, first off, thank you for everything you did to, like, get me to this point. Um, you know, it's hard to just, like, pass your motorcycle off in a foreign country. Yeah, you know? exactly. And hand your... Well, you didn't hand your keys technically because you, no, you didn't, didn't have any. No, and I still <laughs> got my title on me. That makes me feel good. You weren't like, all right, now we need your keys and your title and we need you to fly away quickly. Yes. Uh, no, it was good. I mean, you know, th- honestly, this isn't the way I wanted to do it, you know. I wanted to put it on a boat and be with the bike on the boat and go through the Caribbean like a fucking pirate. Yeah, get your uh, bike all salty and rusty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, just because that sounds like fun. But, you know, that just didn't... I wasn't... No, that, that changed not so long ago. I, yeah. I shipped the last motorcycle that I shipped through the sailboat route was in November. And then uh, some guy decided to make a show at Customs in Colombia. Um and they just canceled every 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 vehicle coming in a non-commercial vessel is not allowed anymore in Colombia. Thanks As to, of November. Yes. Thanks to one guy. No way. Yeah, it's terrible. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, you're, you know, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I assume he had a motorbike. Yes, exactly. He did the route. He did completely the route and then, you know, uh, 
he wanted to do everything by himself when in Colombia you are required to get a broker to help you out with all the customs and all that and this person refused to do what is required by law and then made pissed off uh, some customs officials and everyone were, after that was like no we're not receiving more motorcycles through sailboats too wow. many too many problems wow but it was it was a sweet man the the last time that i shipped one the guy spent the whole time he didn't even wrap the bike so when he arrived to colombia it was completely white salty crusty on the chain yeah. and everywhere and the guy was more than happy to drive it like that so yeah i mean you know when i was in costa rica i went and got a got a a bike wash at one point and dude, they spray at the end of the after after they clean it, they spray it down with kerosene and or is it? It was like diesel and ATF automatic transmission oh, fluid, but it's just to give it a coating. You know, yeah. it's just oily stuff to keep the salt water and sand. From and as soon you hit the up. dirt road, your bike is brown. No, no, not at all. No, oh, well, that's good. I mean, I guess if I'd have hit a dusty road, but it's been pretty moist. There okay. hasn't been a lot of dust <laughs> since I got to Costa Rica. Yeah, welcome to to the tropics. It uh, you know, it's been pretty. I've gotten really lucky as far as not hitting any like torrential downpours. Um, but I, I, from what I was talking to Ignacio, he seems like he's caught all the rain. On the yeah, I mean, down. he I I received the bike today and he was still like dropping. <laughs> liters of water out of the, out of the pine yards. You really? Know? It's like, where, where did, did you swim with the bike? Or I mean, I've gotten I've gotten soaping wet, but it's been because I've gone in the rivers and dropped my bike in the rivers. Well, uh, that's yeah, that's another way to get yeah. it soaked. So overland embassy. I first. So when I I re, you know I didn't really plan on this trip, or I didn't plan on coming all this way okay. when I left. Uh, and I, and I really just thought, oh, I'll just get down here and find a pirate to take me across the water. You know, I did a little bit of looking online, and it seemed like the, the, the websites that I found or the blogs or the, you know, message boards, there wasn't anything stable anymore. You know, like since the pandemic, that Everything slowed changed. it down. It kind of messed up the chain of somebody doing that and providing that service. And then there wasn't, you know, there was, no, so I was like, fuck it, I'll just go to the port. And then I got to Rouser's place and he was like, oh, you got to check out Alejandro at Overland Embassy. Nice. And, uh, and Thank I'm you, glad Rouser. he did because really when it came down to it, I'm like, you know, the amount of time and frustration that it could have been trying to find somebody and then dealing with the customs at the other side when it was. Looking like I, if I did find somebody, it wasn't going to be what they normally did, you know. So yeah, and at the, and if you go at the port, you won't find anyone. The port is only to drop containers, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I think you saved no, I, a I lot know. of time and I effort by glad. coming to us. <laughs> I'm so glad that I came to you guys. You know, and uh, you know, fly, I mean, shit, two days without my bike, uh, not even full two days. You know, it'll be like correct. A little less than two days. A little less than two days. Hassle-free process. Yeah, so far. So far. So far. Remember, I'll call. At the other side, you won't be there. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. Surely it can't be this easy over there. (laughs) No, it will. It will. And I, as I mentioned, like, it's not that we ship the bike and goodbye, Dan. You know, safe travels. Uh, I'll follow up 
the whole process until you get the bike and drive off. So yeah. we're in this uh, together all the way to the end. Beautiful. And uh, so, yeah, and ever since, you know, meeting you and, you know, using or even, you know, looking forward to getting to this point, like it makes so much sense. Like, you know, years ago when people cr were crossing the plains and, the you know, the heading west for the gold rush, you know, little towns and merchants would always set up like before a big river crossing or before you got to climb a mountain, you know, because you're going to need shit to do it. And Correct. you may need shit once you finish doing it, if you're coming the other way. So you're in like the, you know, a crucial spot. Correct. Correct. And, and it's, we can call it by chance because my family moved here from Venezuela 13 years ago. And then okay. we're, we're, we're based in Panama for any other reason other than Overland Embassy. And um, we did our trip. We drove from Panama to Alaska in our car. So you did this trip, yeah. Panama to Alaska. Correct. And uh, we left in July 2019. Uh, and we entered the U.S. three days before the world stopped. And then we were <laughs> trapped in the... Trapped. And I mentioned this like, uh, you know, we weren't trapped at all. But we couldn't continue going north and we couldn't drive back because the borders were closed and we couldn't fly back home so at the end we spent um like eight months in the u.s we managed to get to alaska but man we we needed to it was it was a, a difficult time but really? but fun for sure well i mean it seems like once like it would have been so much worse if you didn't cross into America, oh man they, you'd have been stuck in mexico we stayed in mexico COVID. six months i mean we left because our visa in Mexico was expiring oh, the next wow. day. So we we're like, okay, let's not break any law yet. Let's drive. Yeah, but there were signs that something was fixing to happen. No, right? man, we found out we, we were supposed to go to a concert in Tijuana on the 17th. And it got canceled on the 12th because of like, because of something. And then... Not COVID related? Nothing. They just canceled the concert. Okay. And, uh, and we decided like, okay, there is no... I mean, our visas are expiring. Uh, we wanted to do the like the visa run to get out, get into the U.S., come back to the concert, and continue going north. Um, but then we we were like, there's no, there's no ne necessary to do the visa run. Let's just keep on driving. Yeah. And we crossed the border, and then like th exactly three days after we entered, you know, it blew up, and yes. we were. Kind of lost for a little bit with all everything closed, no campgrounds, no national That's parks, right. no beaches, no fucking national parks, and they did a pretty good job of it. Too. And we couldn't camp on the street, as you may know, but and we didn't, we we weren't able to find any like couch surfing. Airbnbs weren't taking people at the like the first two weeks were really really weird. Um, where but, did, and where did you cross right there in Texas? No, in we Mexico? crossed in um, oh, Tijuana, through Tijuana, there, yeah. California. Yeah, we entered through San Diego. We met with uh, a friend of a friend, and then we found. Oh man, it's a hell of a story. But we were trapped outside. In, in you know, technically we were trapped outside. Every, everyone was locked down. We were on the streets, like trying to find place to park near San well, Diego. That's what people do in San Diego already. Yeah, but uh, we were camping on a tent, so it's not oh, like. Oh no way! <laughs> so it's no, it's not like I mean oh, yeah. with a, with a rooftop tent. So okay. our, our setup is not... Yeah, it's not like... Uh, it's not like, you know, park and fall asleep. Yeah. We needed to hide and open the, the tent and try to sleep because our setup is, is not for sleeping inside of the car. And you did this with your... 
with my soon-to-be wife now. Soon-to-be wife, okay. So I'm, uh, I feel very lucky that yeah. she, she came along and never turned away. I mean, that's like some away. serious relationship counseling right there. Oh, definitely, you man. 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a year. That the whole trip was planned to be five months. And it turned to be a year and a half, like 16 months at the end. No way. Um, through a pandemic, uh, nine countries, 40,000 <laughs> 40, kilometers, uh, no broken engine or anything, but uh, no major breakdowns. And, and the troopy that we were in today? The No, we took the Defender. We took a Land Rover Defender. Yeah, okay. the, the one of today, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the white truck, yeah. Okay. And uh, it was nice, man. And, and I think it, us with the Harley Davidson's community, the Land Rover community helped us a lot along the way. That's awesome. So, yeah. Now, uh, had, I mean, was that like the first trip you'd done like that? Or was it, had you done something in, I mean, what was the pre-gaming for that? Well, the, the pre-gaming is that uh, I, in my family, uh, we grew up doing a big ra- um, road trip a year. Once a year. Okay. So, you know, either December or July, my dad will take us on a big road trip through around Venezuela. Um, and uh, I grew up being in a car for more than 12 hours a day. Uh, we, he took us once to Colombia through, through the plains in Venezuela. We did uh, one trip through the Amazonas all the way to Brazil. So it, it, it's been in my life even yeah. uh, without knowing what overlanding was when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. we were camping, you know, the car broke down once in, in the Amazonas in front of a jail and we had to enter to ask for help and, you know, stopping for coffee in the middle of nowhere at a little town and, and doing weird shit. My dad loves doing that kind of stuff. So I grew up <laughs> doing that, um, getting stuck. Uh, you know, anyway, uh, stories that you may, might imagine. <laughs> Yeah, and um, in South America with the family. Yeah, exactly. In in uh, in four wheel drive trucks and just having fun in general. And here, when we moved to Panama, what made me fall in love with the country and what made me feel this place like home was exploring. So I I with any car that I had at the moment, I was exploring all the way to Javisa to the Darien Gap. Um, I went to Punta Burica, which is the the, the other corner of the country near Costa Rica. Um, checking out the waterfalls, looking for way, new waves to go surfing. So that was like the pregame for, for this big trip. And that's how I started uh, this brand called Vibes of Panama. That It was uh, made to show our trips and definitely show what Panama had to offer. Cool. Um, and so we, we explore or, yeah, we explore most of the country. I cannot say everything. Um, but... Once I finish Panama or, or I finish the, the, my project of going from corner to corner, um, I took on a little trip to Costa Rica for a week to test out my, my equipment, you know, how I was a border crossing and all of that. And I came back and I went to the Darien Gap again to Yavisa and found this magical sign like the end of the road from Alaska, mm-hmm. 12,580 oh, kilometers. You were like, I got to go to the other one. Yeah, man. And I saw the sign and I was like, you know, this my this this doesn't sound that crazy. Yeah, when it that sign doesn't mean as much when you're from you know when it's just down the road from you. Exactly, and so. But I could see how it would trigger like, 
Oh, I wonder what it would be like to see the sign like this on the, on other, the other side. side of the road. Exactly. And uh, while exploring Panama, which is, it's been 13 years of exploring this beautiful country, um, I've always met overlanders along the way, either motorcycles or big trucks or four-wheel drives or, you know, even uh, like the tiny electrical little things driving around. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always ask like, hey, why did you do, did this trip or how you manage your budget or where to go in El Salvador? And so I, by the moment I decided to do the trip, I had already a route plan. I had a, well, I I didn't plan much, but I had like where to surf, where to go, um, highlights from all yeah, the people. Yeah, you'd been collecting notes before you even realized you were going to do it. Correct. Just from talking to the people that you met down Correct. Here in Panama. And so when uh, when I pulled the trigger, um, I was, you know, that, that it was a decision that took me ten minutes to to get completely through my system, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I was camping in the middle of nowhere in front of, uh, in Kambutal, an area near Rouser's house. Yeah. Um, I was camping there with a South African couple and a Canadian couple. And by the end of, the, of that dinner, I was like, I'm doing it. So I came back to the city, quit my job. And within 14 days, <laughs> I was already, you know, selling stuff and preparing. And through this Vibes of Panama brand, I started selling t-shirts to fund the, the expedition. And... You know, it it came along until, let's say, I quit my job in January, I worked until April, and then by July 15, I was on the road. Damn. So, it wasn't, I wasn't prepared, but fuck no, me. I mean, you the, have to do it. The hardest part is just starting. Yeah, you have to get on the road. And we met, you know, months after we met in, in Mexico, this, like, 70-year-old guy from Canada traveling in a super incredible truck and he was he was like yeah I've been 20 years going around the world with this truck and um, you just need to go like just go if you need if you, anybody asks for advice just you, you have to say just go it's mm -hmm. simpler than you think it's easier than you think it's cheaper than you think just hit the road and then you'll figure it out and if you don't like it you can always turn around yep so we, we, we kept sharing that idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's some of the, let's see, what's the biggest vehicle that's come through here and what's the smallest vehicle that's come through here? Oh, well, the biggest so far, uh, we have a, well, we, last week actually, we had a Mercedes uh, Unimog with a massive camper in the back. This is a... That's, uh, like, a, that's like a three-ton truck? Man, more like a six-ton thing. Six it's ton. it's a massive. I'll yeah, show you a picture yeah. later. Okay. Um, uh, this is a couple that is going also around the world. Uh, they have been on the road for eight years, so I could count on that as the biggest vehicle uh, that we've received. Um, and the smallest. And you received that when it was coming up. He's shipping now to Colombia, so okay. we're organizing all the shipping and and repairs. We're we are bringing some parts from the U.S. for him. Um, you know, sourcing solutions in general for, mm -hmm. for this couple. Um, and the smallest was a uh, 125 um, little Honda bike. The Honda the, monkey. The, the monkey, yeah. The, he's, like, he's on his trip right now. Correct, yeah. That's, I've had multiple people say, hey, you need to find this guy in South America. <laughs> I'm like... I mean, he's trying to break a world record, so you have to 
He's you have trying. to go fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, mean, I wouldn't have to go that fast to keep up with I him. mean, he has like yeah, a three-week advantage on you or a month advantage. So uh, so he's. I thought he was just farting around. Well, he's on a mission to get down south. He's huh? on a mission. And actually, he, he was like freaking out because he, he needed to break the record. Like it, does, it didn't matter to him how. So he flew the bike. We, he, he didn't want to wait for the bike in a container and wait for the yeah. process and all that. So he flew straight to Bogota and then hit the road. I don't know exactly where he is right now, but I hope he makes it because that guy had a, you know, had, had a proper dream. Yeah. Well, and it's cool, uh, you know, not only do you help with, you know, arranging shipping, just the, like when I saw your shop and I saw all the things going on, I was like, oh, yeah, people... You know, they show up and they work on their shit. You've got people to help. You can, like you said, you're helping, you can help source parts. Like, that's, it's so, it's awesome. It's awesome that you're doing it. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Is there anybody else doing that down here? I, mean, I, I highly doubt it, man. We, we, I mean, we came back from our trip um, technically broke. Um, we, I think we came back with $500 each from all of our savings from the trip. And, and um, we had this infrastructure of our, of our family business, which is a body shop and, and restoration shop. So what, is, what kick-started Overland Embassy is that we started finding classic vehicles, classic Land Cruisers, classic Land Rovers. We, rest, we will find them here, source them here, restore it, and then ship it to the U.S. and get it sold there. So we have yeah. a couple friends there. We have a couple shops that we work with. Um, and we scout for vehicles, get it, get get them nice and and you know nice and tight, and then ship them. Um, that's how, let's say, the beginnings of Overland Embassy started right there. Mm-hmm. Um, then the first traveler that arrived, uh, you know, asking for help and stuff, he asked for like, hey, can you do shipping to Colombia? And then we did the first shipping to Colombia, a big MAN truck. Um, then we shipped some motorcycles to Hong Kong. And then, you know, it felt pretty. I mean, after doing the Hong Kong thing, I was like, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are the logistics going to Hong Man, Kong? Man, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. It was, it was the scariest moment of my ad- uh, adult life when they just dropped the bike, they left me the bikes, two beautiful ES uh, 850 Adventure 2020, you know, with 20,000 miles on it. And they just dropped the keys, dropped the bikes, dropped the money, and left. And I was here with, I don't know, 50 or more thousand dollars worth of bikes yeah. sitting in my shop. And I had to build a crate. You were responsible for them. Man, it was, it was it wasn't stressful, but it was like a lot of pressure to make it right. You know, but these, these guys dr- uh, trust us in a way that no one did before. And after they received the bikes and they sent me videos driving off of the airport in Hong Kong, I was like, okay, I can take on anything from now on. Nice. Um, and yeah, we, as I mentioned, we use the, the infrastructure of the shop to also, we rent space. For example, we get a lot of travelers that they know what they're doing and they know how to fix their cars. Mm-hmm. And so we just, just rent. need a place to do it. Yeah, we rent the space indoors. You get Wi-Fi, restroom, showers, uh, if you need tools. We, we also can rent you tools or, or lend them. Um, and we have the compressed air, paint booth. I mean, 
Yeah. You can do anything you want in our shop. Um, and we can also source either mechanic service, uh, paint job, bringing parts from, from the U.S. to Panama. Uh, you name it, man. We, we, we provide solutions. So that's how we can solutions. describe like it. Yeah. Overland Embassy. We provide solutions. It's not only shipping. It's anything that you can imagine from making a sticker to changing a windshield, to swap tires, or get a steel wheels to fit in a container, we if we cannot do it ourselves, we, we will bring someone. So when does. he says steel wheels to fit into a container, the couple that he's talking about told me about this the other day. And when they said they had to put steel wheels on, I thought that maybe the wheels and the tires they had were too big, so they were putting like stock steel wheels on because they were smaller and they'd have smaller tires and then it would fit in the container. Well, Alejandro just showed me. Am I saying Alejandro? That's yeah. what I'm saying, right? He showed me pictures of the steel wheels he's talking about, and they're literally, they're not stock. <laughs> they're, they're steel wheels that are like maybe an inch bigger than the brake, <laughs> the brake itself, and there's no rubber. It's just like a steel wheel. It looks like they're rolling. looks like the, the whole thing is rolling on it, it looks like it, it is skipped leg day. Look like know? somebody just <laughs> stole the wheels from it. Yeah. Do they fire it up and drive it around like that? No, I mean, or you we just push it. No, we, they could drive. I mean, we we tested the wheels because they need to. It's not only the Panama side. It's not not only loading like getting into the container. It's also when they get to Cartagena, they need to drive out and drive off the container onto the ground to then swap the tires or depending on the situation, drive out of the port with those steel yeah, wheels. to a tire shop or something. Or no, just outside of the port because they have like safety regulations that, you know, you, can, you cannot be swapping tires in the middle of an international port. Yeah. But you could do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, these this, uh, this steel wheels are very, we're very familiar with them because we get sometimes vehicles that are supposedly to be too high to fit in a high Q container, which is 2.585 meters high, the frame. And so, you know, we can always, you know, air the pressure, um, lower the pressure on the tires and maybe ratchet strap the axles to the body so we can lower a little bit more or fill the water the tanks. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot of tricks, remove the solar panels if they have, but if there if there is no way they they can go lower, yeah, they had a like a camping rig, like a what do you call that? Like a, it was like a camp, like it was like camper shell like a top topper. It it was a weird vehicle for sure. It, it was, was a fucking sweet vehicle. It, yeah, but I love it, and I mean it's a troopy from Dubai with a six in line engine, diesel engine, mm -hmm. um, plus like another half of a car on top. Um, and the setup is amazing. We're gonna post some videos about uh, the whole setup inside out. So I'll, I'll send it to you when it's ready. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah, so we make those steel wheels to make people happy and then they don't need to risk their belongings or their vehicles by shipping roll on, roll off, which is a whole different game. Really? Yeah. Because then uh, you, there you have to hand your keys over and you leave your car open uh, oh, for them to drive it around. Correct. Because they need to drive the car from where you leave it to the parking lot, then onto the boat, into the boat, around the boat inside, uh, which is like a massive... Uh, yeah, where they're playing a big game of jigsaw yeah, puzzle. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, 
And then they drive it off, drop it off at the parking lot on the other port. And then, you know, there, many people go through your vehicle um, and it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, there are ways to prevent theft for sure. <clears throat> um, but it's just, a, it's, it's a risk in general of... Somebody moving your shit around. Somebody, somebody driving your car. Yeah. Um, so if you don't feel comfortable with it, we can try to make you fit in. Now, wasn't there a ferry that ran until recently as well? Yeah, it used to be. Um, it used to be a ferry. It worked uh, for like two years, if I'm not wrong. And then at some point... And that's a long ferry ride, wasn't it? Where did it go from Cologne to... Or was it out Cologne, of... Cartagena. I mean, that is a fucking long ferry ride. Yeah, but it was it was cheap. I had a friend that used it. Um, I know travelers that did the, the transit it, through that. I guess it's about like uh, the Sea of Cortez, the one we do on exactly. the Exactly. It's, it's very similar. It was it was a bit longer than 16 hours um, as the Baja Ferries thing. Yeah. Um, but still, it was, a, it was a, the greatest deal. I think you could ship a, with a motorcycle with like 100 bucks. Including your your ticket, wow! Um, and you know it was it was a beautiful business, but it was affecting bigger fish, and so they were like, "Man, we let's just stop that." Um, there are many stories about like the ferry burned to the ground, or they, uh, you know, th- there are a hundred stories, and there will always be. But the thing is that the ferry stopped, and you had to go back to Container Aurora. As simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. There's a lot of stuff going on down there, and yeah, I imagine that, you know, I was talking to one of the couples, and they said how expensive it was to go from here to Colombia compared to them shipping from Switzerland to, to America. To, to Baltimore, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. But I'm like, you know what? The, the uh, you know, your little, your little overland vehicle and your pleasure trip is not near as important as all the guns, drugs, and money. Correct. need to be moving back and forth across that sea, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the, and the thing is that the, the transit here, it seems weird that like people think that the boat goes from Panama to Cartagena and back. No, the, the vessels go on a, either clockwise or counterclockwise from Panama all the way to the Gulf of Mexico and Texas, Florida, and then go down to Repu- Dominican Republic. Jamaica, then Cartagena. So it's it's a full loop. So sometimes a container is going, uh, you know, it's taking a, a nice trip through the Caribbean mm-hmm. before it arrives to Cartagena. Yeah. So it is expensive. It is a on it. It is a route on really high demand, not only for vehicles, for, for merchandise, for yeah. you you name it, for anything you can imagine. Um, stuff that arrives uh, from. Asia to Panama and then goes to Cartagena and then from Cartagena goes to the rest of South America. So it's we're very lucky to find space for pleasure containers. As yeah, I, as exactly. Sometimes. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, yeah, this is, you know, the Panama where the canal's at. There's a lot of shit coming through here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, us going on a joyride probably doesn't hit real high on the priority list every yeah, time. Yeah, they go like, oh, we have uh, 200 containers filled with the televisions and, and, and radios and computers. And then we have two guys trying to get to Argentina. <laughs> 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 what do you think they're going to ship first? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It is. So do you find more people are going north or going south? So far, um, as the borders in South America just reopened late last year, um, we have seen more people going south. 
um, because it was difficult for, for Latin American travelers to start moving around to get the permits. Um, but now we're getting more and more. So let's say in, in the last year, we got 70% of people going south and then 30% of people just, well, let, we can call it 20% people going north and 10% of people just stopping in Panama. Really? That they arrive here and they want to ship back home or they want to ship to another continent or they just want to sell their vehicles, which we also help with. Um, if you arrive to Panama and you don't want to keep on going or drive back or anything and you want to get rid of your vehicle and get some money, uh, we can help you with that too. Nice. You got people that can help sell. Yeah. What about down in South America? Do you, like say when I get to Ushuaia and I'm like, I am not fucking riding back. <laughs> Can you help me get the bike back from Ushuaia? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it will be probably now. from Montevideo, from Uruguay, or Buenos Aires, the two most common ports. But yeah, we can help you with the logistics of bringing it back from South America as well. Because at the end, all of the logistics world are in, are connected. And yeah. the same brokers that will help me getting my vehicle south, they will I will be helpful for them when they're shipping north. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think from there, I mean, depending on what kind of shape the bike's in. If it's worth shipping home, I'm probably going to ship it someplace else. Yeah, and put it in, in your uh, dining room. No, I mean, like, I'm going to go <laughs> ride it someplace else. Like, we'll send it to, to Australia or something. I mean, from the, the easiest would be shipping from Uruguay on a shared container to Africa. That's a very common route. Really? Yes. And... I mean, it would be super interesting to see that bike riding along with elephants and tigers and like, yeah, lions and shit. That would be nice. I mean, that's kind of what I've been saying is it's going to go to Africa yeah. if I make it to the bottom. Well, that's cool. So that's good to know that you can help with that. Um, yeah, Ignacio, he is, he's putting his bike in a container and then he is going on the San Blas Island tour. Did you set that up for him as well? Yeah, we also help organizing that. We we work with the biggest companies that run the Panama Cartagena route and 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 the other way around. Um, and it's a it's a it's an interesting trip to take if you have the time and if you have the budget. Um, it's uh, between six hundred and six hundred and fifty per person, five days, four nights on the best on the vessel, um, all inclusive. Uh, plus a twenty dollar tax to get into the San Blas Islands, it's like a, you know, like a local fee for tourists, mm -hmm. and uh, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. The San Blas Islands are are beautiful. Um, the whole trip is it's it's incredible because you're sharing the boat the boat with sixteen other people. Um, that's it. That's not very many. No, that's it. But you know, after <clears throat> the second day, the no, I mean that's plenty. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like. That sounds way more intriguing than being like, like on the, the Baja Ferries ride where there was like fuck 150 people or yeah. even more exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a joy ride for sure. You can you know you grab lobster for ten bucks, um, you drink all of you you know as as much as you want and party on the boat and you know just enjoy yourself for five days. And as Ignacio and many of our customers, um, it's it's ideal to forget about the shipping and just like don't be anxious checking on the on the vessel tracker online to see where the boat is you just disconnect get into the boat sell across the darien gap see stuff that very little a uh, very small group you of really people can't have seen. see on a motorcycle correct 
And then you arrive in Cartagena, all sunburned and ready to rest for a couple of days until the container arrives. So yeah. it's uh, it's ideal. I, I think it's a really good, a good investment. Yeah, I definitely considered it. Uh, definitely considered it. You're still, you know, you have time. No, no. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to getting to Bogota. And that's, you know, I'm not exactly sure... I was thinking at first that I would just go straight to Cartagena and then come back towards Medellin. Uh, <clears throat> but now I don't know. I may just go straight to Guatape. I think it's ideal because there, you save some time by just maybe, of course, Cartagena is beautiful, but you can skip it and go through the mountains all the way to Medellin. Yeah. And from there on, you can go to Cali and then you're in Ecuador. Are you con- have you considered going to the Galapagos Island? I mean, I've definitely thought about it, yeah. Uh, I'm meeting like a wildlife expert, if you will, in Ecuador that she rides around on a bike. Like, Oh, nice. She's working at a uh, some kind of facility. Yeah, like the Smithsonian. And she's got thing, a dirt yeah. bike tour company that she works with, too. That I think that may be where I store my bike, either... Uh, yeah, that's probably where it's going to be. I think it's better time. in in, um, in Ecuador to yeah. store it, yeah. They have less regulations than Colombia. Really? Yeah, what, uh, so in Panama, I had 30 days on my permit. What's, is Colombia about the same? Well, you have, in Panama, you have 90 days, but they give your permits uh, 30-day renewable two times. Oh, okay. But in total, you get 90 days to, to drive around in Panama. You just have to get, get it renewed. Correct. In, in, um, in Colombia, it's the same. It's three months. Um, you can renew it to six months when, you, when you're finished. Um, but yeah, you just have to be there. And if you, if you want to stay longer, you can always go to a customs office and ask. And they can say yes or no. But normally, they say yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's pretty simple. Most of the countries give you... 90 days. There are very few that, that if you require an, expe- an a special visa or when you are in Africa or other countries, you need the Carnet du Passage and then it's a whole lot, a, a different that? story. Carnet de Japage? <laughs> the Carnet du Passage is a crazy thing to prevent from, uh, well, it's like a, how can I explain it? It's like you... You deposit certain amount of money into one of these uh, of your own country where the where the vehicle is registered, and that certifies and helps you to get across borders on of countries that do not allow temporary import permits or they don't allow tourists to import their vehicles. So this covers your like say covers your back and says, hey, this guy is not staying here. Let him through, and so you can visit some some countries around the world gotcha. that require that because you otherwise you couldn't enter your vehicle. Gotcha. So that's a, that's a next level overlanding for for South America. It's not necessary. Yeah, I mean, uh, every border I've come to, I'm like, is this really necessary? <laughs> I'm not even gonna have to show. You know, I didn't have to show paperwork to anybody until I got to Panama, and I went through a lot of trouble to get that paperwork at every border. <laughs> And I wanted to show it to somebody. <laughs> and then I'd get to the end of the country and just throw it away, you know. Like. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you didn't get any speeding ticket? No. Man, that's, that's sad. I know. Why? You need to drive fast. Oh, I was. <laughs> I mean, I made it from my house to Costa Rica in seven days. 
I didn't know that. I was on. I was. Trust me. Whoa. I was going fast. In Costa Rica, was it Costa Rica? No, in Nicaragua. I was flying through the police. Like the police would just be, you know, it was that fucking Easter week. So there was cops everywhere. And I don't know what they just didn't. <laughs> they didn't follow you? Sometimes I wouldn't even slow down. They would, be, they would be stopping every vehicle. And I would just go right down the middle. Yes. Like there wouldn't, I mean, I don't know how I, didn't, I, don't know. <laughs> I really don't know how to get a speeding ticket. I didn't even get pulled over until Costa Rica. And the the cop that pulled, there was like a bunch of cops there. And the cop that, the one cop waved me over. And then the other cops, one specifically was making fun of him for pulling a Harley over. He was like, you, why would you pull this guy over? <laughs> and they started giving him a hard time. And I'm like, this is too funny. Nice, you know, nice. No, you're, you're, you're fairly lucky, man. I had one guy that drove from Manitoba, Canada, all the way to Panama in 11 days. Nonstop. Whoa. That was... In what? In a Nissan Raw something. I don't know, like a regular SUV. Not overland, no, no equipped at all. He just put his life into the car and started driving. And he, he got here and I have people at the border that sometimes share my contact or, you know, ask people if they want to ship to, to Colombia and they give all of our information. Mm -hmm. And this guy at the border called me like, hey, I have a guy here that wants to go to Colombia tomorrow. And it's very difficult to organize a container <laughs> overnight. So I was like, man, I can't, I, it was like, um, I think it was a Wednesday. And the guy was like, I want to I wanna leave tomorrow. Like, when is your next container? And I had a container for, for Tuesday, full like already booked and, and full with two cars, two motorcycles, everything. And then the guy was like, I don't care if I need to get my container for, for only my car, but I need to go tomorrow. So we didn't find it for tomorrow. We found it for Monday. Um, and, and man, the guy was just like, I, I, he quit his job, put all, he was a chef. Um, and so he quit his job, put a freaking kitchen inside of the car, like the whole thing from, from uh, knives to big pots to thermal mix to you know any you name it whatever you can find in a on a big kitchen he had it and uh, yeah maybe we we ship him to Colombia and then the guy on the other side I don't know I don't know exactly where he is now but I I can I can tell you he 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 arrived at the shop and he was like hey I don't know I don't have a place to sleep and. Um, you know, where, where can I go? But the guy seemed so tired that I was like, hey, man, I have a, a cot upstairs. If you're going to take a nap or rest a little bit, please do it. The guy crashed like 16 hours straight. <laughs> so I was like, no, you need some rest. Stay here. Like, no worries. Oh, man. But yeah, seven days from Texas is, is impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just going to turn around and go back, too. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was going pretty quick. I, yeah, I'm so shocked I didn't get any speeding tickets. In Panama, I don't think anybody in Central America besides Mexico, I don't think they have radar guns. They have here in Panama, and they Until love I got using Panama. it. Yeah. And then I had multiple people reach out and tell me that there were lots of radar guns on the Pan-American Highway. 
And they were right. In between David and Panama City, tons. A hundred at least. Tons. And I've at one point I got behind this fucking, uh, what do you call it? What are those things that haul corpses around? What? Oh, the the black trucks? Uh-huh. What, what is that? I have no idea. You know what they are? Yeah. For like funerals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funeral uh, car. I don't know how to call it. Anyways, I got behind one of those, and that guy, he must have had like a radar detector or something telling him where the cops were at, because he was hauling ass. But he would always slow down, and then there'd be a cop. Nice, yeah. Like a couple times, it caught me off guard. He'd slow down, and I'd go around him, and then be like, and then I'd see the cop, and I'd be like, oh, fuck. Get back in front of me again. Yeah, don't be the first guy in the group. Never. In Panama, at least. Like, no. Always. Well, I, and what's funny is I saw him behind me. I was like, oh, this guy's going. If this guy's going the same speed as me, I'm going to let him go in front of me. Before I even slowed down, he passed me. He was like, oh, this motherfucker is going fast as fuck. <laughs> so that helped, that helped me not get in trouble. And dude, I swear, multiple, more than 10 times, easy. I would fucking be speeding and not see them, and then I'd get up to them, and they'd be on their cell phone, it's like radar gun in one hand. Yeah, and, and, and on talking on the phone. phone. Yeah, that's that's very it. typical. Affair. More than ten times that's happened. Where I'm yeah. like, damn. I'm so Sometimes lucky. they're 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 you you think they're pointing at you, but they're just having a nice video chat with their girlfriend. Yeah, they're just on their phone, <laughs> dude. Oh, that happens a lot. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not proud of it, but yeah, it's good so how for travelers. Many, how many people do you have come through a week? Because, I mean, just since I've been here, hell, the day that I pulled up, you had like three people show up that like while I was there, and I wasn't even there that long. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's nice that we are becoming a hotspot for travelers, um, either doing shipping or, as I mentioned, like, stopping by to to get a sticker and get a picture or mm -hmm. meet us or meet other travelers at the end we're we're getting more and more people and throughout i mean the busiest time that we or the busiest week we had over 20 to 25 people in the shop or around the shop for three days so we had like six or seven cars parked in front of the shop overnight camping there um we had a we had a couple vans sleeping inside, motorcycle like riders sleeping in the cots upstairs. Uh, it was it was hectic, man. It was like every night was an, we were drinking I don't know fifty liters of booze. I had no idea that that was even an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so what can I say? I mean, in a week, we sometimes we get a week with where we receive two, three, three vehicles, and there are weeks that we have, I don't know, 20, 20 vehicles driving through, like stopping by for anything. For as I mentioned, like, hey, I I read that you give a sticker yeah, and I can put a pin in the map. Some kind of solution. They're they stopping by for some kind of solution. Yeah, and uh, we've done all, all kinds. I mean, we we do well. We did welding for one big truck. We did. Uh, like heat rejection film for the windows on a on a van. We built a wall to protect uh, a vehicle that was being shipped via roll on roll off. Um, 
I mean, oh, you like name some, it. Like a wall on the inside to keep. Yeah, to prevent that, the to, to split the cabin from the rest of the van. Mm -hmm. So we we've, we've done that. Uh, again, uh, what else? The craziest thing that we've done. Well, we we fix a, a car, a guy that crashed, not crashed, but like had a small dent on the van. But he didn't like, I mean, he was not having it. Like, he hated it <laughs> so badly that he arrived at the shop and he was like, can you fix that? Yes. Here's my keys. I'm out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, just stop by, say hello, ask for a sticker, put your pin on the map and let us know what you need. Yeah. We, we might be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, is, is there anybody on the other side that you deal with, um, like specifically over there? In Cartagena? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we work uh, with a lady called Ana Rodriguez, which is incredibly famous on the, on the Facebook groups and stuff. She's been doing, she's been working with the overlanding world for many years and um, actually is, she's not the only agent, but she's the agent that every company uses to get your vehicle to the side. So people that ship from Europe straight to Cartagena, she's the one receiving. I that we ship from Panama to Cartagena, she's the one. Um, from Cartagena also people that starts in, in the uh, southern tip of South America and then drive all the way north. She managed shipping as well going northbound. So um, she's, she's a... A very special woman in our in our business. That's awesome. Well, it's good to have somebody like that with some experience. Oh know. man, super! Yeah, and and you matter. always learn. Right? It doesn't matter how many shipments do you have do you have done or that uh, you you feel you know what could happen. And every shipment is different. And mm -hmm. every ex every experience is different somehow. Um, even the stories that we get at the shop, like. You know, it's it's crazy, it's nice, and it's rewarding to be part of the journey. So, is there any way to go on the other side? Like, uh, not Cartagena, like, when those dudes, those when fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi came up. <laughs> that didn't they, I think they came up on the other side of Panama. Um, yeah, I mean, you can always ship from Panama. If you don't want to go to Colombia, for example, we can organize shipping to Guayaquil in Ecuador. Um, there is also ports in Chile that we can work with. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can enter Panama through the Pacific or through the Caribbean. As long as you hit an official yeah, Pacific, port. That's what it was. They came up the Pacific. Yeah. What about, I was hoping to like, you know, put my bike on the same plane that I was, you know, riding it. You know, back in the day, you see them like stick it right down the aisle. Yeah, they no, and, and uh, before you could, sh we met a couple also, like a Swiss couple in, in Baja, and they told us, like, they had also, like, 20-something years on the road, and he, he said, like, no, we did the Panama, the Colombia to Panama uh, shipping back in the day on a banana boat. So we lifted the car, put it on a banana boat, put bananas on top of it so we can, like, the hide. Car. The car, the whole, they, they travel on a banana boat with their car, okay. like in the 80s. Okay. So, yes, I, I would love to, to, to have that opportunity to do that kind of weird stuff like it was possible in the past. Yeah. But, yeah, here, for example, from Panama, at least, the, the, 
as it is a, we call it dangerous goods. I mean, it's a, it's a combustion engine mm -hmm. filled with fuel plus a battery connected to it. It has to go on a, on a different plane that, yeah. like, I want. Nowadays, people are just so safe. They're just so safe, man. <laughs> yeah, they care about safety, you know? Yeah. They, they, it's, well, it's speaking crazy. of safety, we talked earlier about the gap itself. Yes. And when I was down there, I was like, you know, people have ridden their motorcycles through the gap. Maybe not ridden as much as they probably pushed it along the way. Uh, two guys did it, or one guy did it in like 1994. Correct. With one other dude. I mean, they just kind of macheted their way through. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Wolfgang did it, I think in the early 2000s, but he hired a tribe, you know, with a bunch of dudes that like. Yeah. And there's just videos of him like roping it across the rivers and shit. Um, but you said that that's something that you could arrange. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not as simple as shipping a vehicle uh -huh. on a container, but yeah, we but can organize. But you're saying we, there's a chance. There is a chance. Uh, yeah. We we don't promote it uh, on social media. Hey, we take you across the dying uh, walking, and, and yeah. but it, it is uh, it is something that we've organized for customers. Um, we have one guy, or we work with one guy that is, I think, technically one of the very few that take tourist across mm -hmm. and it's also you hire a tribe it's five if uh, 10 people crew um, per person so it's five people helping you to get across on the Panama side and as soon as you hit the border there is five people waiting on the other side plus the guide and they take you you know across rivers uh, through the deep jungle float on rivers take a speedboat to the I bet that guy is a fucking character. You met him in Javisa. No, I had to, no. I'm just saying that anybody that like spends his time going back and forth through the jungle, yeah, man. for tourists, he is a, a he is a special one. Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's also. But the, what I liked about him is that it's not that uh, informal. So before you get, you're able to actually pay him to take you. Um, he asks some well, most of the times, and 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 it is very important for everyone that's listening that it's not like, okay, man, let's go to Darien Gap and start walking. You need to get some permits from the. Tell that to those people walking up every day. Oh yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Not 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 the people going through our services. Okay. <laughs> uh, you get to you have to get some permits and for well, See, and I thought that that was very interesting. I didn't know that there was a way I mean, I would I guess yeah, if I I never put much thought into it, but I just assumed that they wouldn't let you do it period. I mean, cuz when I got down there, there was a booth where they checked, they didn't just check my passport. They went and wrote notes about You know, I what came time? In yeah. To make sure, like I assumed it was, so that if I didn't come back within a certain amount of time, they'll, they'll go check on you. Then they're gonna F try to find you, yeah. or try to find the There's pieces of you. There's a lot of, of rescue vehicles down there. Yes, and a it's a very patrolled area. Um, as you you went there, I've been to Yavis a couple times, and people say, "Oh, it's so dangerous." Actually, it's like any other town, but with a weird vibe. That's it. You won't see people getting shot on the street. You're gonna see. I mean, the, it's it's a regular town in Central America. Yeah, it wasn't anything like I thought it was gonna be. It's a you know it. And you and you walked across the bridge and everything. No, 
Oh, well. No, no. I, what, I guess I thought it was going to be more of like a, I don't know, like a supply port or like a place where maybe the Indians would bring in stuff to trade for goods. No, man, that was like in the 1500s. But there, I mean, it was a lot of people <laughs> just living in filth. Exactly. I wouldn't road through that neighborhood, it, you know. It's a, it, uh, as I mentioned, it's a regular town with a weird vibe. Yeah. Like, you, you <laughs> go so there. It's so different than the rest of the towns on the way down there. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like, and what's up with the road, dude? The road's all fucked up. Yeah, and then, and, and, and then it's perfect. Yeah, then like the last <laughs> 60 miles is just fucking glass blacktop. I'm like, what in the fuck? Man? Yeah, man, that's it. Uh, thanks to... Those fucking drug smugglers, they want nice roads. Yeah, but the thing is that they supposedly they build that for the producers, like the the, the farmers and the, and you know, Darien provides most of the cattle of the country. So it's kind of sad because that technically destroyed the um, oh yeah the cut yeah I was talking the to jungle a guy. down they there said that during the dry season that they just burn fucking acres and acres of land and even the land on. that's supposed to be protected by Indians the Indians are selling or not really selling it off but they're burning it down so that they can grow yeah cattle and fucking sell that shit exactly so it's a, it's a weird like driving to the Darien is is not what you imagine or picture uh, as you. Find, I, I don't know. Out. I thought it was beautiful. It, I am really glad that I did it. I would have been, you know, I'm, 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 I'm super glad that I did it. Uh, Thank you for listening to our, our little advice yeah. <laughs> of going to the sign. Oh, well, you know, that was originally the, you know, I'm like, fuck, I came down here. But I, I mean, I guess I did kind of get sidetracked. I, I was thinking I'd go to Cologne and try and find some crazy dude that had a boat. You know, like I, I just knew for sure I could go to the port and find some like, you know, like in Mexico, I've been to, you know, San Carlos and, uh, you know, just seeing like over there on the Baja, there's, there's ports where there's people like Americans that are retired. Yeah, you can find a barge around. to get across. Actually, um, and I've seen people you could build ramps and put, you know, like I was thinking I could find somebody, give them a couple grand and sell them on the adventure part of it. You know, like, come on, let's. Help me get to Colombia. Yeah, and and uh, it is possible. It's not that it's impossible, but when you mentioned the the port of Colón, that's a massive place. There you cannot walk in. You cannot ask anyone. But you can go to the different marinas that are around, and yeah. then you can find a way to get around mm -hmm. that. And so, I. I've also participated in shipping through speedboats, um, but it's just a hell of a. I mean, it's to me, it's not worth the risk, and it's not. Well, worth that's kind of where I, I came down. I was like, I could spend a bunch of time fucking dicking around with that, or I could go to your visa and let Alejandro handle all the fucking. Yeah, exactly. We we carry your backpack of crazy ideas and <laughs> and filter them okay, to so the go simplest. Back, go back to the Darien Gap crossing. So before you can give the guy money. You can yeah, you, actually get a permit. From he he some he requires to that you sign a letter saying to your embassy, "Hey, I'm doing this with this guy. It's gonna take this, you know, five days, ten days, or whatever." Um, but you need to notify your embassy what you're doing in order, and you have to hand him over that letter from your embassy saying, "Okay, we know you're ready to." die or ready to do whatever you want to do. 
Um, but that's one this of the... This is your letter of resignation. Yeah, it's like... Uh, so that's one of the layers that of, of information, documents, and, and paperwork that he requires to do the trip. Of course, you can always go to Yavisa and ask uh, you know, the weirdest guy that you find there, hey, can you walk me across? And you probably will find a way, maybe it will cost you, I don't know, 500, 600, $1,000, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, but this guy, is, this guy, what I liked, pro. It's, it's very organized. And, uh, and he's not you know, fucking around with, oh, give me extra money. And no, he, I think he charges, I don't know what the price is right now. The last, the customer that I helped was like $3,000 total, but he will drop you off in turbo, like with all your stamps, with your passport, all like everything legal, completely like the whole trip uh, included, like the five people crew on each side, Food, uh, you know, they make your tent, they carry your backpack. If you have a bike, they charge you a bit more, but they will help you with the bike. A speedboat to get to Capurgana, then another speedboat to go to Puerto. Well, first a speedboat. When once you get out of the jungle, you go to the Panama border, which is Puerto Valdia. That's the first uh, immigration place that you can stamp in and out from Panama. They stamp there, then they take you to Capurgana, which is the first entry of Colombia, and then they'll, you know, speedboat across to Turbo. Oh, so you still do a boat? You have to, you have to. Um, to get all the paperwork? To get the pa- first, to get the paperwork. And second, because there are some points that you need to float. At, like, rivers are deep and wide through yeah. the Darien. So it's not that you, you can walk all the way. You have to at least do at least one river crossing. And I'm... I'm Confident that there is more than one. Yeah. Yeah, especially right now. It's, dude, <laughs> it was so muddy down there. Like, just seeing off the side of the road that red, slick, butter mud. Oh, Yeah, my it's like gosh. the way to Caloyala. That, that, that mud is special to get you to your knees. Yeah, no. No, not not a big fan of that stuff. Well, that's cool. So anybody listening, if they're, uh, you know, if they're man enough, they can go through the Darien Gap. And we can help you out. Overland Embassy can make it happen. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know if I'm happy to know that or not. Not because now I feel like I got to do it again. <laughs> I mean, you can you can always uh, return through that route mm-hmm. with or without the bike. Uh, did you did you help Norley out at all? Who Norley? Itchy Boots, the girl on the little red Honda Fifty. No, I was I wasn't part of the Itchy Boot trip. Um, she came through that way though, Capragana. Yeah, but she did like uh, the the speedboat all the way, like uh, from Capragana yeah, yeah, to Puerto Baldia and yeah, all the yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, I I well, you know, I know the route. I know the the some captains that it can take you, but it's not worth. I mean, to us. Um, we can, if you want to do it, we will, we will help you do it. Yeah. But I consider that you can do more with your time and with your body than sitting, getting smashed onto the speedboat for seven hours. Well, well you know what? She is one of the reasons that I didn't look in, that I, that I you know, as, <clears throat> as romantic as it sounds, going and finding a boat and sailing across the, the Caribbean. After seeing what she went through, I was like, "Oh, fucking Alejandro! If he can take care of this." <laughs> no, and and uh, I've I've helped uh, people coming from from South America here, 
from from Cartagena. They go to Turbo and they take a shitty speedboat to you know the whole route. But it it cost them the last the last couple that I helped it in total. They it cost them two thousand dollars to do this trip. And it's a lot of money for being like eating shit for a week, you know, or for three days. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't pay that much to get that type of experience. For example, mm-hmm. you can yeah. you can take you can do more with your money taking other routes. Or if you want to walk across, go for it. If you want to take the boat, perfect. But we highly recommend people to, you know, think twice before doing the speedboat route. It's it's rough. It's really rough. How many people do you know right now are coming up? You know, because the big news is there's just herds of migrants coming from South America and headed north. I talked to one couple down there, and she said, what did she say? And this wasn't a lady from down there. It was a lady that had been down there for a month or so in the Darien. She said that there is about 900 people a week. Coming through that jungle, and I, I don't doubt that number. Like I'm pretty sure that just it seems. I mean, that seems like there is a fucking a beat down path that there's 900 people walking. Yeah, the thing is that uh, I've never done it uh, with that intention of migrate to another country. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're but going, I mean, does that number sound the, reasonable? It is, man. Sometimes at the border uh, in Paso Canoas, at the border with Costa Rica. It's sometimes it's packed with people, like walking people sleeping on the street. I mean, it's it's not as terrible as sometimes that we saw in Tijuana, for example, that there were loads of people just trying to get across and trapped at the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Panama, there are many ways to get across. There is a jungle and there is no wall. So they can definitely make it. I mean, it was I accidentally came into Panama without any paperwork. Nice. I mean, well, I'm just looking for a copy machine. I'm like, wait a second. Now I'm already, I'm already, I'm already here. I crossed in the mountains though because Rob told me that that Pasacanoas was a pretty, pretty popular spot. Yeah, it is a popular st- a spot. But I, going back to your question, I do think we're getting even more people walking through the diary and trying to get to the U.S. Yeah, and uh, it's something that it's very hard to stop. Or very difficult to control because you know it is what it is. The Darien yeah. is nobody's land, and which is crazy that it's yeah. just. It is crazy. I mean, it doesn't really shock me that much. Like multiple people I've talked to are like, "What do you mean there's no road?" And I'm like, "Well, because we don't want South America connected to us by it. Like, is it, we don't want to make it any easier for yeah. shit to come up." You <laughs> exactly. Know? Like, and from what I've read, Colombia is willing to build the road. It's not like the cape, the technology doesn't exist to build a road through the jungle. It's it is definitely possible. Doesn't. It's uh, I think it's two hundred and eighty kilometer road. If it's if it's if they want to do it, it's yeah. less than three hundred kilometers. Don't. So yeah. would be nice. Would be a beautiful experience. But besides the let's say the the guerrilla or the the smuggling route or the migrants or you know all the the shipping and stuff but i think also the environmental damage That's what i was just fixing to say like the the road just makes it easier or more likely for people to go down there and burn shit up and start and start you know racing cattle in the middle of the darien which has been you know i don't know 40 years ago the darien 
was a deep jungle almost to the Bayano Lake, to the big like the yep. the nice lake that you drove through, mm-hmm. um, and you saw how it is right now. So I'm pretty confident that if there is any road further than Javisa, it will end up destroying the whole thing because it's not only the road; it's everything around the road. They need to build. Uh, gas stations, probably cities there to people. You know, it's it's very complex t- topic. And, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll leave it up to 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 the politicians and the people in charge to get to get around that we idea. We have to leave it up to them whether we want to or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah I don't. You know, I don't see there ever being enough incentive to put a road there. Yeah, or like making a bridge from. Or, no, no, forget it. It's just too complex. Now, the ferry is interesting. The ferry is interesting. I, I was, try, I was uh, we had some travelers um, that were trying to rent a boat to take 12 vehicles from Panama to Colombia. And uh, I thought it was a great idea. It was Jason from Everlanders. I don't know if you've, you've heard of him. It, they have a massive truck and I don't know build for a zombie world or stuff mm-hmm. and uh, he was very I, I found it very interesting that he found a captain and a boat to rent for 12 vehicles um, but the logistics were a bit complex in general like uh, the boat was like $50,000 for per trip plus it was the first trip so Anything could happen, plus uh, coordinating 12 people on the same boat, the same dates. Uh, I, I think it was, it was a great idea, and I think it's something that I would will, I will love to dig a bit more about it and investigate more, because I, I truly consider that that's the way to go for at least Overland Embassy. I mean, I would love to yeah. have our own boat and bring people ourselves. Yeah, well, and maybe some at some point, you know, as things go along in the travel. I mean, I think over the next couple of years, I don't know what your prediction is, but since, you know, the, at least the, uh, you know, the pandemic is coming to an end. I hate to even say that, but like, yeah. you know, we're like, it's... You say it, I can see your face uh, just like... <laughs> it's It's like... You, you know, things are not the same as 2020, you know. Yeah, the, the world is completely like different. Yeah, it's different, right? So I think traveling is going to pick up. You know, like anytime you stop something for a while, then it, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like people like me, I think there's going to be more people like me and other overlanders that are going to be making this trip. Yeah. Which will bring opportunity for somebody, you know. Maybe you'll have a traveler that comes through that has a captain's license, and he's like, man, I love it here. I love the San Blas Islands. Fuck, find me a boat, or I'll find a boat and start doing it. And then with your organization skills and having you know, your finger on the pulse and in the, uh, the scene, you could help you know, give somebody enough business to make that route possible. Exactly. And, and for us, with Overland Embassy, more than making it a... Like uh, one person, thank you. I love the sound of that. Uh, making it a, a like a, a project only for Panama. We would love to to have Overland Embassy 
around the world. Like you could be Overland Embassy Texas, for example, or uh, the the guy that we ship to Hong Kong could be Overland Embassy Hong Kong. So at, at the end, we would love to to grow the community to a point that you can find a place in every country where somebody is willing to help, prepared to help, and they know how to do it. Yeah. So that's kind of like the long long term plan for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far we're trying to perfection all the structure of the company, like the shipping, the forms that you need to fill the to fill in order to give us enough information to to for us to be able to help. Yeah. Um, to shipping, to repairs, to you know the whole structure. So once we finish with the with everything that we st- we're still working on. Um, I mean, I would love to, for example, go to Montevideo in Uruguay and try to find a, a, an equivalent or somebody with even more experience than, than myself and, and hire him and get a, you know, Overland Embassy Uruguay and we ship from there to, to Africa. Yeah, that's um, Somebody in Cape Town, somebody in Morocco or somebody in, in Hamburg, which we're working already with uh, a guy that it's called Overlanding Ch- Overland Overlander shipping. That's uh, Ricardo from his. I think he's from Portugal, but he lives in Hamburg or near Hamburg and That's Germany. Yes, and uh, we're already working with him. Um, so yeah, I think it is possible. And uh, at the end, we every every customer or every traveler that comes through becomes our ambassador mm-hmm. at the end. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will be telling people about you. Uh, you know, on top of this podcast we're recording, but it's funny. I have met, I met Emily. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, just taking your advice and going to a place and then somebody else that's in the same, on the same trip that I got to sit and talk with, uh, you know, it was, it was really cool. And I think, uh, I don't know how much you do it on purpose, but I think having a place you know, whether it's a hostel, a hotel, or a fucking burnout spot in the jungle where a bunch of stoners <laughs> hang out and work. Uh, you know, like, just telling your customers, like, hey, look, this is a place we recommend. And there, you know, and there'll be other people there that are on the same trip. You know, the, I'm, you may not run into all of them at the shop, you know, but there's there was a bunch of vehicles there, so there's a bunch of people in town and getting a chance to talk to her... And then today, randomly, some dude comes up and starts talking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't, you know, muy poco español. And he's like, oh, you speak English? And I'm like, yeah. And he's on a G, he had his GS around the corner. He's like, you know, and he's dealing with you as well. It was like, fuck. I don't know how you, I don't know how you keep it all organized, dude. Man, it's, it's hard. Uh, we're now at a point where I need to hire people. I kind of, I kind of, I, I can continue this way, but I'm I'm missing, uh, you know, I'm missing some emails. For example, I get backed up, so I spend uh, two days just getting on the emails. My wife helps me a lot with this and with the social media and doing interviews. And at the end, it's uh, it's part of the organization, and it's also really cool for us that it's a family business. I mean, we're we're working under the family business structure. So my dad is around all day, my sister is upstairs. So when I'm not in the shop, 
like today, for example, I was in Cologne in the morning loading container. Then I went pick you up to go to the airport to drop your bike. Then had to go back to the shop to receive Ignacio and the other guys that were shipping tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I I need somebody there just to be ready for when I'm not there. And yeah. and uh, in the mid midterm, the idea is to keep on traveling. I'm. I mean, we're doing this. We're I'm putting all of my effort, time, money, energy into this. So at some point, I can just travel, and this can also support my travels. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the whole idea behind it. I mean, we we will love to go next year to South America. We're gonna ship our own vehicles south. So that that's that's amazing. I know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean. Going around the world sounds way too complicated when you think about it, but when you're actually doing it, it's not that complicated. No. It's, re- you know, just like you said, just go. Just Get go. started, you know, like, I think the craziest thing with this trip I'm on is like I've been going back, you know, like. Yeah, you stop every now and then, right? Yeah, like this, I mean, I'm only going to travel <clears throat> for a couple more weeks or three more weeks. And then store the bike and go back to Texas. So you're going to make it to Argentina in three weeks? No. <laughs> no, I'm going to make it to like Ecuador. Yeah, it's better because now it's starting the winter there. So no, yeah. not worth it, the icy drive. Exactly. You know, I think uh, this probably isn't the best time of year. Fucking Ignacio says he's going straight there, it sounded like. But, well, he, He's he, trying to be done in, in August. Yeah, I mean, if he can do it, I mean, <laughs> he has the bike and hopefully he has the skills, so why not? Uh, I mean, that tundra down there is going to be fucking cold. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we, we made it to Alaska at the beginning of fall and it wasn't cold at all. So I think if he managed to get, well, no, it's going to be August middle of the winter. Yeah, the winter time. Yeah, and it's going to be windy as hell, so he's going to be driving sideways. On ice. On ice. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine. I mean, there's stretches down there where there's like nothing for hundreds of miles. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud for him. If he makes it all the way to, to Ushuaia in the middle of the winter, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him a batch and I'm going to pay his shipping back. <laughs> like, he, Oh, and now I'm recording on this podcast. So yeah, I'll, you hear that, Ignacio? I'll please. tell him. I'm going to see yeah. <laughs> Dude, you gotta make it, bro. Alejandro's got you. Yeah. No, but uh, man, it's it's a uh, it's a really rewarding. And you offer storing too. Like, if somebody wants to ride down here from America and do this leg of the trip, you can, they can park at your place, and then you know, because I was hoping before you know we really talked, I was dreaming up an idea where I rode to Panama, dropped my bike off with you. And then I flew to Colombia, and I was sitting there gassed up on the kickstand running, waiting for me. But you're like, no, no, you got to receive the bike. You got to be there to get the paperwork done, which makes sense, you know. But, uh, you know, it is an option for somebody if they wanted to come down here. Stop. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can stop in Panama. We store your vehicle. Either it's a bike, a truck, a massive truck. Um, we take care of, uh, of the vehicles. We... If needed, we can renew the in temporary import permit while you're away. 
um, or a story that a customs bond. I mean, we we a story. I wish I would have known that. I'd have had you do that and stay in Texas a couple more days. Yeah, but uh, you know, you were That's too you, you were now. too you were too stressed out, and and you drop it off at the Harley Davidson dealership instead of with us. Oh no! I'm so yeah. That was easy. I'm just saying, like to get the uh, the permit. I came down here. Oh, hauling just to just I to get came, it out. I came in here yeah. a week early just to make sure I got the paperwork done. But that's all good. No, it's fine. Now you know, and mm-hmm. you're you know everybody else knows. Everybody right? else knows. We can renew the tip while you're away. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we we have a big warehouse as you saw, and maybe I'll I'll send a couple pictures so you can have them and, and share them around as well. Um, we have a deposit for bikes. So there are storing doors with CCTV 24-7. Um, if, if needed or if required, we can uh, put it on the center stand or lift it and, and start it, get it running, running a little bit if we're storing long term. But mm-hmm. if it's just mid term, we take a picture of the mileage when you drop it off and it's going to be the same mileage when you, when you oh. pick it up. We don't drive the vehicles um, at any cost. So they're perfectly safe. I don't know how you safe. can just look at my motorcycle and not take it for a spin. I mean, I would love to, but I prefer <laughs> not to. No, uh, man, I, I, I'm a very... I tried to get the guys at the dealership to take it for a spin. They wouldn't ride it. No. It's huge, huge uh, responsibility. And it's... Yeah, you know, it's well, more I get you, but those motherfuckers ride motorcycles. Yeah, but the thing is that they've never seen it before. So what if they crash it and they cannot even get the parts? Trust me, I've crashed it. You know, like I'm going to treat it way worse than they're going to. Well, that's well. It depends. Sometimes there are crazy guys driving loaner cars. Those guys weren't very crazy. Man, I ah. I've seen uh, with the shop, with the body shop, some, uh, we, we worked for dealerships back like a few years back and the stories of the dealership crashing customers' vehicles are insane. And, you know, I've, we got a car that was like on the beach. Like they, they, they took it to the beach and the freaking low tide was low when they arrived and it the was... The dealership like, took the customer's car to the beach? Yeah, I'm not going to name the dealership, but that happened. Oh and we needed to gosh. fix that. So, yeah, when you mentioned that, oh, you wanted them to take it for a ride? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I was there. I wouldn't, like, say, well, I'm not there. All right, Alejandro, man, I appreciate you coming by. I appreciate you getting me all situated. Uh I think I'm, I don't have any other questions about my shipping specifically. I got the paperwork I need. You'll drop me a pen. You got a contact. Do you, uh, do you have a recommended place for me to stay, like a hostel in Bogota? Uh, well, yes. I'm going to give you the contact of our driver in Bogota okay. uh, that can pick you up the airport, take you to the hostel, hotel, or whatever you want to stay, and bring you back to pick up the bike, and also show you around if needed. Okay. Um, that's something I'm going to do as soon as we finish here. And for example, we offer, we have a, an, a, like a nice relationship with Selena Hostels. Um, and we offer, 20, well, we give 20% discount to our customers through our discount code. Um, I will share that with you. The Selena in Bogota is really nice. And um, in anywhere in South, anywhere so around Selena's the world. Selena is like a chain of hostels? It's a chain of hostels. The one that you stayed in Calo is a Selena as well. 
and they have all the way from Colombia to Argentina, they have hostels and around the world, I think they have more than 80 locations. So uh, that's something that I will also share with you, the contact of our driver and uh, this discount code for 20% off. And you can share it with your, you know, with your community as well. Salinas. 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 I haven't done a hostel yet. Mainly because the parking situation. Well, the that Selena. One in the jungle great. Yeah, you had a lot of parking there. <laughs> there is plenty of parking. I had a friend that used to live in Kaluyala, and he made his own whiskey out of oranges from the jungle. Really, there was a sign that said that there was there was a distillery there, but no, he moved away. But that was a, that was a hell of a character. You will love that guy. He had a this massive military truck. Um, and he will, he was in charge of taking the people in and out of Caloyala before. Nice, yeah. They said that they never had a motorcycle drive there. Well, because nobody told before to a crazy guy like you to go there. Well, I know why there was that motorcycle. Show up there. They said that they were they uh, they have a small list of people that have driven there on their own because most people don't drive all the way there. Yeah, I've I've been there a few times, and I can recall one once I went up that big hill, uh, coming out that it was raining, and I slipped. I mean, I got to a point where I couldn't go further up, and then my car just started slipping sideways, and I had to uh, take it to the ditch, and I had to be pulled out by this massive military truck. And so I, I do recall being stocky, trying to get out of Dude, Caligana. when I got down to the bottom of that fucking hill, there's two giant hills, and then there's a <laughs> river at the bottom. I just remember going, fucking Alejandro. <laughs> that dude just wanted to send me on an adventure, didn't he? Oh, man. I'm so glad I went. But I, I was cursing you at the river. Nice. I even made a video cursing you. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you. <laughs> Like, oh, that's a way to go. I, I didn't want a video like, hey, thank you, Alejandro. This is amazing. It's <laughs> no, like, I'm like, fuck you, you motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, and I guess it really, it was, it was all amazing. And it, it worked out great. But it was one of those uh, situations where if it would have rained hard for 10 minutes, the thing could have been impassable for two days on a bike. You know, like it, it could, it wouldn't, it was already wet. <laughs> like all it would have taken was a good rain and I would have been And like, it was about to rain because I was talking to Emily. Yeah. And she was like, I, I met this guy that you sent here. He just left because it's about to rain. That's what I got from her. Well, I made it. It's all good. Thank you. Nice, man. I'm proud. I'm Thank proud. I'm, I'm fairly proud. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Having you with us. Hey, and if I can do anything to help, you just let me know. Yeah, just share the story and bring more people. You got it. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, well, you can always check on the website, which is overlandembassy.com. Mm -hmm. If you have Instagram, it's overlandembassy. Um, you can also find us on, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the social media you, you can imagine. My girlfriend runs that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to keep you yeah, stay yeah, up yeah. to date. Hey, you <laughs> all, don't you? But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, through the website you can uh, fill the form and get your information into our system, so we can see how can we help you and the best way to do it. Um, and also through the website you can check on what we do, our services, what's available, the current rates. We're working on a 
on a um, private section of the website where you can you know get deeper information or, or go deeper into into each process of shipping mm -hmm. and uh, yeah on Instagram if you want to check out all the crazy rigs that arrive and all the people that it's around us just go straight there overland embassy thank you sir thank you man once again I'm back to like 10 minute intros and I do not give a fuck dude Alejandro once again thank you thank you sir thank you um, anybody who needs help getting across the Darien Gap. Did you hear what he said? He did not explain all these options to me. He did not tell me that there was a dude that he knew of that could take me straight through the fucking jungle with my motorcycle. Like, yeah, it's expensive, but I don't know. Would I have, would I have tried to make that happen? I don't know. It's hard to say after the fact, you know? Like, by the time we sat down and talked, things were in motion. My bike was already on a fucking plane to Columbia. I was flying out in the morning, but... Um, dude, I'm almost glad that you didn't disclose that information ahead of time because I would have been tempted to be like, all right, let's get this fucking jungle motherfucker here and let's go through the jungle. And, uh, what a trip. What a fucking trip, man. Uh, but man, I am glad that I did it the way I did it. Uh, cause it was just fucking quick and easy, dude. And you know, it was reunited with my bike in no time and the guys at dhl dude when that whole fucking group of people in the warehouse stopped what they were doing and started chanting and everybody i'm talking like 30 motherfuckers all in uniform dropped what they were doing and helped me get my bike out of that fucking warehouse it was just such a beautiful thing like it was such a fucking beautiful thing so I guess that's just how the people treat anybody that's working with Alejandro at Overland Embassy. So get you some. All right. I am going to upload this podcast and go sweat my dick off in the dirt. And, uh, oh, I got to fix my chopper first, too. Yeah, the chopper, dude. Wouldn't you know. I've been running one of those fucking steel oil lines that comes out of the back of the oil tank and, you know, and then there's a piece and then I got rubber hose that goes from there to the oil bag, but it's been rubbing up against my brake line for like, I don't know, three, four years. And that brake line rubbed through that steel, steel line. Luckily we caught it soon and we just patched it with a piece of rubber hose and a bunch of hose clamps. And I got home without fucking anything up. And, uh, but I'm fixing that oil line, and dude, pretty stoked to go ride my chopper this evening because it's been a minute. Anyhow, thank you for supporting the show. I didn't tell you about mcshoptees.com. How could I possibly do that? mcshoptees.com, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support this show and every single motorcycle shop, every single local mom-pop family-owned and operated motorcycle shop. Of every kind, dude. We are doing our part to showcase these shops from all over the fucking globe, mainly specializing in V-Twin right here in the good old US of A. But I can't help, I can't resist, but showcase some of these shops outside the country, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Now, I want to take this moment to read you an email I got. And I'm only going to read the bad one. I'm not going to read any of the good ones where people were like, damn it, I wasn't signed up in time. I didn't get the Danger Dan America shirt. I want one, and I'm like, too fucking bad. Go sign up now. But I got this email, and uh, I'm not going to tell you the guy's name. I'm going to tell you where he's from. He's from fucking Ohio. Of course he's from Ohio. 
Love the shirts, but I got too many. This last one, Dan America, was kind of lame. I mean, come on, it said danger on the front. I think they sell shirts like that at Walmart. I know it's not you, but the shirts used to be sick as fuck, and now they have become a bit ordinary and predictable. I like the rad speed shop type of shirts with outside the uh, outside the box art on it. Maybe try another color than black every time. I will probably resubscribe in a few months, but for now I'd like to cancel my subscription. I appreciate what you guys do over there, and I will be back soon. Hey, Ben. Oh, there's his name. Hey, Ben. Thank you for the support. Uh, you know, I apologize that the art was a bit ordinary. I thought it was fucking rad. I mean, it is a bit much. The danger up front, red, orange, and... Oh, man. I loved your email, though, dude. Thank you. Uh, reach, send me another email, and I want to I send you a bunch of more corny shirts, dude. Uh, I'm going to pick out my three favorite corniest shirts and send them to you. It's funny. Every time I think I've got a bad-ass shirt coming... Those are the only shirts I get negative emails from. It's so hilarious. Another guy, he wanted his money back because the shirts were supposed to support small shops and the Danger Dan American Highway didn't support a small shop. And I was like, hey, motherfucker, the talk shop is a small fucking shop, dude. It's just me over here running that and the MC shop tee. So that's kind of exactly what I'm doing is showcasing other shops uh, not exactly like mine, but you know, in the motorcycle realm, dude, helping people out, keeping them on the road. And I hope that this podcast inspires people to get out there or stay out there or do whatever it takes to spend some time in the wind. Even if it's only, dude, even if it's only after work for a couple of hours, that goes a long way, dude. So thanks to all the subscribers. Go sign up now. If you're not mcshoptees.com. Peace. <laughs>